Hi, and welcome to Redefining Outbound, a podcast series for sales leaders. I'm one of your hosts, Katie Voigt, U.S. Enterprise Sales Manager. I'll be interviewing a range of forward-thinking sales leaders on how and why B2B buying behavior has changed. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Redefining Outbound. I'm super excited to be hosting today's show with guest Gina Ruscio. So to kick us off, um, could you please introduce yourself to the listeners? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Gina Ruscio. Um, I am Cognizant's chief of staff for the global revenue team. So my role is really all about you know people, process, and project management. Awesome. Thank you so much for clearing that up. I know even when I first joined, I was like, Gina, what is your role? What do you do? So thank you for being here. Grateful, very grateful. All right. So I'm super curious, what does redefining outbound mean to you? Yeah, this is an interesting question because I kind of, um, I spent a lot of my career in, um, you know, outbound agencies, right? So teams that do outbound on behalf of clients, right? And um, at the time, outbound was all about kind of like spray and pray. What numbers do we need to hit, right? It was all about hitting the mechanics of the funnel. Um, and oftentimes that meant like dial with reckless abandon, right? Like spray and pray. Um, and often kind of like it comes off sometimes as like, predatory, right? Um, so for me, I think the big shift recently has come in like this really empathetic approach, like the best um, SDR calls that I get, they first and foremost know what the chief of staff does, which is amazing because a lot of people don't, including me sometimes, right? Um, but they know what the chief of staff does. They know what metrics I care about. They know who I report to. They know what I'm expected to report to that person at what frequency. So I think, you know, the redefining outbound is really kind of shifting to this highly empathetic approach um, across all layers of the funnel, starting with the SDR and, and ending kind of with the AE and, and then further on account management as well. Yeah. So overall, like knowing the persona and exactly who you're reaching out to, that's super critical right now. Totally. Yeah, totally. So definitely appreciate you sharing that. I'm really curious, what is the biggest challenge that you are facing right now, or maybe that you see like our sales team facing right now? Mm, yeah. So um, maybe this is a bit too on the nose for me, but for me, it's um, enablement right now. Um, we've got a really big global sales team with reps at different stages of their careers. Um, some reps who have spent five, six years with Cognizant, some reps who have spent five, six days with Cognizant, right? Um, and so for me, kind of like getting to a consistent enablement program um, that is really driving efficiency and consistency amongst our reps, right? So how can we kind of take all these different folks and sort of like train them in a way that gets to a consistent sales approach um, so that we as leaders on the back end have some context for the data, right? When we uh, say we put someone through a trial, what does that mean exactly? Did rep A do that the same as rep B, the same as rep C, um, the same as rep D over in the US, over in the UK, so on and so forth. So for me, it's, it's kind of training to get to that efficiency and consistency. Um, and then also providing a training atmosphere that, you know, provides our reps with a culture of like ongoing learning and um, continuous development and progression. Yeah. So the consistency thing there, great segue for us to talk about one of our key initiatives here, which is rolling out the MedPIC framework. So given the current economic climate, can we dive into why this framework is so important? 
Totally. Yeah. So for um, for MedPIC, the biggest um, sort of benefit there is it, it helps you do more with what you have, right? So for sales teams this year that, um, you know, might be shrinking um, or even teams that are staying the same size, right? It helps you do more with what you have. Um, you're qualifying out leads that you really shouldn't be spending time on or that wouldn't be good fits. Um, and every one of your reps knows that, right? Every one of your reps can say like, oh, you know what, according to MedPIC, this isn't a person I should be spending some time on, right? So it helps kind of um, have reps spend their time on the reps, or excuse me, on the leads most likely to close in their pipeline. Um, it also sets clear instructions um, for what information they need to find during that process, right? So they're not spending time um, working with a person who's never going to be their champion or never going to be their economic buyer, or have no value throughout the process, right? Um, they're setting clear instructions for where they should be spending their time throughout the, the process. Um, and it helps us, again, like I said, as sales leaders, really look at all of our pipelines with the same global lens, right? So, you know, you and your enterprise team in the U.S., like, are we running things exactly the same thing as we're running them with the enterprise teams in the U.K.? Good question, right? And MedPick is really kind of that single source of alignment that lets me kind of look at the data with our, our sales leaders and say, yeah, you know what, Katie's team is running things identically to Alex's team, and here's what this data really means. Yeah, definitely appreciate you sharing that. Obviously, MedPick adoption here has been so critical, but I feel like every year there is a new sales framework, some sort of sales methodology being introduced. Some LinkedIn guru is out there shouting from the rooftops like this is it. This is groundbreaking. So why should sales leaders be using MedPick over any of the other qualification methods out there? Yeah. So, um, so first things first, I want to be super clear on my stance on this. Like at the end of the day, something is better than nothing, right? Because something creates consistency no matter what, right? Um, so at the end of the day, whether it's homegrown, whether it's Sandler, whether it's Challenger, whatever, um, something is better than nothing, right? Um, I will say though that some um, some sales methodolo methodologies are really just communication methods, right? And they kind of teach reps how to have different conversations which is super valuable, um, but it doesn't necessarily teach them how to qualify through the pipeline. And so for us, when we think about kind of creating global consistency and kind of um, understanding things across the global lens, MedPick was a clear choice because it allowed us to kind of take that throughout the process instead of just kind of singular conversation by singular conversation. Yeah. So kind of like the rollout and having the consistency is super important. So how have we approached rolling this out across the organization? Yeah. So, well, you know, we started with a beta test for our enterprise team. Um, so that was for our global enterprise AEs. Um, that was um, actually a really quick beta test. So the intent was to launch that with a, you know, a data collection period afterwards. Um, but the data collection period actually really happened while the reps were being certified during that beta period. Um, we got resounding feedback from the reps, um, from yourself and from our other enterprise leaders that it was really starting to make an impact and how reps were qualifying through the pipeline. Um, so we decided really quickly that we were going to roll that out to all of our global AEs and our account managers as well. So there are kind of three core parts to that. The first part was the six week certification period. Um, so this is where our reps are actually kind of going through the medic material, learning the concepts and kind of learning 
medic in theory, right? So we gave our reps six weeks to um, do all of that. Um, and during that time, um, what I was working on with the leaders in the background was the technical rollout. So we use Salesforce. Um, and so what the technical rollout really was, was us um, kind of creating an architecture in Salesforce that allows us to create medic trackability um, and scoring in that system and which you can use as your as an enterprise manager um, in your day to day. Right. So ideally, these systems in, in Salesforce would help you say, OK, um, all the reps on my team, I see that, um, you know, rep A has a med pick score of 80 percent. Rep B has a med pick score of 20 percent. What's going on here, right? Let's dive into that. Where does Rep B need some help um, to help kind of close that gap? So that's the goal with the technical rollout um, in Salesforce. Um, and then the third kind of component of the rollout, which is super important, is enablement. Um, so how do we actually train reps on this? And um, you know, first we did just you know weekly sessions through the certification period. Are you digesting the material? Do you kind of understand the concepts of this? Um, but really the enablement period, and, and I think I'm gonna be a broken record on this later on, Katie, but really the enablement um, portion of the rollout is focusing on like making medic make sense for your organization. So we kind of lovely, lovingly called this cognizimifying it. So we never came up with a good word for it, but it was kind of customizing medics so it made sense for our reps, right? Um, that means like honing in on where we're the weakest and creating cognizant specific trainings for that. We also created a resource matrix that said like, what does it mean to gather metrics at each stage of our deal process? What does it mean to implicate the pain at each stage of our deal process? So that was really important for us to help um, theory become reality and something that our reps could use in the day-to-day. -day. Yeah, so a ton of build-out kind of behind the scenes, right? Absolutely. So obviously a big weight on your shoulders, a big weight on enablement shoulders, but here I am like as an enterprise sales manager. So having the framework built out within Salesforce has been really helpful for capturing the data and to your point on the scoring, but how can enterprise sales managers that are like me, that are listening, just constantly reinforce the importance of the framework via training? Like, are there any specific sessions you think we should be running? Mm. I will answer that question, but I'm also going to turn it back on you to so start thinking. But um, I will say, um, you know, first things first, and I, I was really clear with managers like yourself um, when we rolled this out. Medic needs to be in every conversation you're having having with your reps, whether if you're talking about deals, you're talking about medic, right? Whether it's one-on-ones, pipeline reviews, if we're in a cross-functional deal reviews with our leadership team, if you ran into them in the kitchen for coffee and you're talking about a deal, right? Like medic needs to be in every conversation where you're talking about a deal. So that's the first thing I'll say. If you don't have manager buy-in, you're not going to get rep buy-in because managers really need to enforce this at every step of the, the way, right? And then the other thing, again, like I said, broken record here is like customizing to your unique sales process. So we're not just telling them what medic is, we're telling them how to do it, right? So here's a really good example of this for, for us, right? So when you think about metrics um, in Medic, M2s are your unique data points that you use to kind of create 
um, and enforce the deal, right? Um, so what does that mean at your company? What it meant at Cognizant, where we, we either do data samples or trials, dependent on the size of the deal, was how we run an effective trial, right? What tools do we need to support um, an effective trial, right? So for us, we really needed to build out an enterprise ROI calculator, and we needed to create that resource. Um, we needed to do an audit of our case studies and make sure that we had appropriate case studies to be presenting during the trial process. Um, we had to teach our reps what metrics were mission critical for them to collect during the trial process. So, you know, what's the laundry list? And then what are the mission critical, like five KPIs that we have to collect? Um, and lastly, like, does your rep know why that's critical for their persona, right? So going back to what I was talking about earlier with empathy, I think that's really important, right? So do they know why they have to collect the connect rate? Why is that important for our business development manager personas? Why is that important for our VP of sales personas, right? Um, and really making sure that they understand, you know, now we're trying to take sort of like metrics We've taught it the medic way. We've taught the theory. And then what we're doing is customizing it for Cognizant to say, here's how you do it at Cognizant. And we're reinforcing that throughout the entire process with empathy for you know the, the personas that we're uh, talking to. So that's my two cents. But I mean, what do you think as like a, a user of medic, as someone that I've been like preaching to for the last you know three months against this, what was important for your team? Yeah, so I think for us, it was really enlightening to think about the decision criteria and how important that yeah. is. And if you cannot get that clearly established, there's just going to be okay. no deal, right? There's no clear path. There's nothing to really stand on foundationally with the opportunity yeah. because there's not going to be enough business impact. So I think that's been the biggest like hurdle for my team is just clearly identifying what the decision criteria is and making sure that's crystal clear, buttoned up, written down, critical piece. Yeah. Um, and agreed upon by both us and the prospect. And then why is that so important when leveraging going up the food chain, right? And like multi-threading into all of the business stakeholders that are going to be part of this like decision-making team and how important it is. I think the decision criteria has been really, really tough. And that's constantly one that's resurfacing. And when we look at the deals like that aren't going so well, we'll boil it all the way back to that decision criteria to kind of kick off that trial. And we look at it and it's like, oh my gosh, like glaring red alarm arms, right? Like this was not a very clear decision criteria. And on the flip side, I think about our deals that really move. And we took the time to really establish what that decision criteria is and make sure mm. everybody was in, in agreement on it before we even entered into the trial. So that's been the biggest piece for us, I think, right now. Yeah, I think that's super important. And one of the things too, um, that I wasn't super prepared for, but makes a ton of sense now that we're going through it is how each of the medic pillars build on one another. So I think, you know, I've gotten some feedbacks from, from reps where they're saying, you know, I don't actually feel comfortable asking what their decision criteria is because I don't know if I've built the champion here yet. Right. Yeah. So they, they aren't able to test if that's a champion, right? So we can't get to decision criteria. We can't get to total metrics until we go back and we establish that champion, right? So that was something that I, I was kind of surprised about um, is how they would kind of influence one another down the line. Um, but it's definitely feedback I'm getting from reps too. 
Yeah, no, completely agree on that. And to your point too, about the reach out that you get and like the empathy on the persona, I think about the meet the persona training that we've been Mm -hmm. doing, right? Which is so critical to really understanding like the day-to-day of the people that we're speaking with. Um, And we've included our SDRs on that as well because they're outbounding, right? And they're talking to these people, they're sending messaging to them. So it's really important that they understand kind of what their day-to-day is like, what metrics are super important to them, what's in it for them, right? To have a conversation with us. So I'm curious, do you think there's a use case for SDRs when it comes to MedPIC? Oh, absolutely, right? Um, I think kind of the, you know, the big factors that would play into account for the SDRs would be champion, implicate the pain metrics, and decision criteria, right? So a lot of the ones that we've been talking about. SDRs are really like the first step of discovery in a lot of cases. So they really should be, you know, starting to find some of this information out, right? And certainly if they're leading with empathy, that becomes really natural in the prospecting process, right? Like I kind of kicked this call off with um, the best SDR outreach I get. They know exactly what my role is. They know what I'm doing day to day. They know who I report to. They know what metrics I'm being measured on. Um, And I don't mind taking a call with an SDR who is prepared and knows all that versus taking a call with uh, an SDR who just, you know, found that I volunteer at a cat shelter and put a bunch of cat stuff in the outreach, right? Like that's happened before. Um, so it's, it's clear when an SDR does their homework and when they really kind of care about, um, you know, the personas that they're selling to. And so I think when they've, when they've made that empathetic connection with people they are reaching out to, um, finding out who the champion is, finding out what the pain is, how they're measuring that, um, that's really easy to do. It's not an unnatural thing in a conversation if you're leading with that empathy. Yeah, completely agree. And I think about kind of like the easy uplift. Um, Obviously, SDRs are busy. They're spending 90% of their time outbounding. Um, That's what their role is. But I think about even something that's like a really small change that we implemented here. And it was just making sure that SDRs were equipped with M1s, right? Mm -hmm. Do they know a couple of really good use cases right off the top of their heads of happy clients of ours and the benefits to a Cognizant partnership? And just even arming our SDRs with the M1s makes it really simple for the AEs to come in with the M2s when it's appropriate. So definitely a small uplift, but that's been really nice. So um, in your opinion, what would you say is kind of the make or break aspect of MedPIC when it comes to deal evaluation? Like, is it, you talked about identifying the champion, like, is that the most critical piece of MedPIC for you? Mm. Yeah, I think so. And and champion and uh, implicating the pain really go hand in hand, right? And it, it goes back to what I've been saying about kind of creating this this empathetic process, right? But like I said, what was really eye-opening for me is um, these pieces of feedback I got from reps, even when we were in the certification period where they're saying, you know, I don't feel comfortable getting to decision criteria without the champion, right? Um, Or one rep said to me like, I don't know if I've ever actually even had a champion or if I've just been working with coaches the whole time, right? Um, so that was really kind of eye-opening for me. Um, and I really feel like champion, um, and subsequently pain because you have to understand that, that, um, 
champion's pain point in order to really empathize with them. I think that one's really a building block and a cornerstone of being able to kind of collect the other pieces and qualify through your sales process. So for me and for our unique unique situation, I think it's champion for that reason. Um, you know, but other companies may may realize like, you know what, we've got the persona empathy thing down. Our reps really know our persona empathy. They're always talking to a champion and maybe it's metrics for them. Or, or like you said, maybe it's decision criteria, right? They've got really good relationships with, with champions, but they just aren't getting the right criteria or the criteria they're getting aren't what they thought it would be, right? Um, so I will stress, you know, I think it might be unique for every company, but for me, you know, as I look at our sales process, I really feel like champion and, and pain um, are, you know, kind of two cornerstone pillars. I completely agree. Um, so it is Q4 of 2023, which means 2024 is on the horizon. Do you have any predictions on the state of MedPick for 2024? Yeah, good question. So um, I will say I kind of cheated a little bit because I uh, went to Medicon a few weeks ago, their, um, their like day-long medic seminar virtually. Um, so one of the things I was really excited about is they're rolling out um, a medic playbook. And this is really like they've described it as, you know, a, a structured way for you to use medic throughout the go to market process. Um, so for me, I think what we're going to see is more focus on medic um, or med pick um, focusing on the entire go to market journey. Right. So even in terms of lead development channels like SDR or even marketing, how are we using medic kind of throughout the entire go to market journey? and not just through um, the qualification of that, right? So I think that that will be really interesting. Um, it'll be something that we're kind of following on our own journey as well to see how we can incorporate parts of that throughout our go-to-market. Yeah, so cognizantifying it to use um, to use your very sophisticated yeah. terminology there <laughs> on what it is. Exactly. All right, Gina, I definitely appreciate it. I'm very cognizant of the time though, what is something that you would encourage sales leaders to start, stop, and continue going into 2024 now that it's on the mind? Okay. Um, so again, I might be a broken record here, but I would say start persona training first. Your team can't care about the features they're selling until they care about that persona's day-to-day, -day, until they really understand the pain that person is feeling day-to-day. -day. So I would say start training personas first, um, kind of like as soon as a rep enters, enters um, you know, employment with you really, right? Train personas first. Um, I would say stop chasing activity for the chase of for the sake of activity, right? Yep. Um, that is just so annoying. I know when I'm just another email talk box for an SDR versus someone who has really taken the time. Um, so do you like do you know why your reps are doing the activity they're doing? Do your reps know why they're doing the activity they're doing? Doesn't make sense. So stop chasing activity for the sake of activity. Um, and then I would say continue to stay tight on the data in your sales process. Overlay it with medic data where you can, right? Um, but in this kind of um, economic climate, I would say you need to be able to be really tight on where in your process you have weakness um, and be able to say with data, like, why do we have weakness there? So I think most sales leaders, um, you know, especially if they're supported by a really tight ops team, I think most leaders 
leaders are staying really tight on their data, but it's especially important um, as we enter 2024. Great. Thank you. So we've talked a lot about personas and persona empathy. And I know it's something that we've been really focused on here. Um, that was the thing that you said, hey, I'm going to encourage sales leaders to please do this. Do you have any recommendations for kind of rolling out persona empathy training to a sales org? Yeah. So um, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to say the Meet the Persona series that we're doing, I think, is really effective. So the Meet the Persona series we're doing for our sales team in the U.S. is where we are literally bringing in representatives of our top personas and just interviewing them in front of our sales team. Um, and we're not interviewing them about Cognizem or, their, or how they do their data. We're interviewing them about their jobs, right? What does your day look like when you sign on? What metrics do you care about? Who is your boss and what what are they on you about right now, right? What are they annoyed with you about right now and why, right? So we're literally bringing in these representatives. Um, sometimes they're Cognizant customers, sometimes they're not, right? So we're just bringing in people to ask them um, to express what their day-to-day looks like. So I think that's been really impactful for our US team um, as we run those sessions. Um, and that's something that's really, um, honestly, very low lift and very high impact. So that would be something that I would recommend for folks. Yeah, thank you for sharing. Definitely appreciate it. All right. That is a wrap on today's episode. Thank you, Gina, for joining us. Thank you, Katie.